0: Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect.
1: No mystery for me. Thank you. Good morning. It's always uh, an honor for me to be able to speak at any church, but especially Grace Crossing. So, thank you for that warm welcome. Um, Yeah, where do you begin on a a morning like Enter the Mystery? It's mysterious, isn't it? I mean, there are so many directions you could go. And um, I appreciated being able to study for this message this morning. Um, It feels more like a Bible study than what we would call a talk. Um, I just discovered... So many different uh, aspects of, you know, the mystery is mysterious, but it doesn't have to be quite as mysterious as we make it. We just have to enter. And the title of this series, Rest. So I hope that I can give you all some insight today on what this mystery looks like, what it means to enter into it. And um, so, The way that I've kind of narrowed it down is you wanted the title. You wanted to know kind of where am I going this morning with the mystery? I am going to a place that I've called inner strength, quiet strength to enter the mystery. Last week, Gil taught that to rest in the mystery, and I loved it. I mean, there were some things that were just like, new for me, you know, don't you love it when you get something new, fresh, and it gives you insight or understanding. He talked last week about uh, entering the unknown and the uncertain. Well, I don't know about you, but that often produces anxiety and fatigue, and we usually interpret that, he said, as weak, Interesting. And I love this, fear not equals stay calm. (laughs) Fear not equals stay calm. It's not, ha, no, it's just, okay, hold on, what's going on here? Is God in control or isn't he? Am I his follower or am I not? Do I trust him or don't I? And you can think that way when you're calm. You can't think that way when you're fearful and anxious. So, yeah, in our world, I, I, I've discovered by not only my own life up to this point, but many people that I end up getting to talk to that that stay calm in our world is easier said than done. So what does God's word tell us about being calm, about entering into his rest, and especially resting in the mystery of God. Well, I was drawn to one, one of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22, and that single fruit that I was drawn to was the fruit of the Spirit That is self-control. You know that passage, or that that fruit has always bothered me. I'm, I'm serious. It did. It's like, wait a minute. The fruit of the spirit is self-control. So it's up to me. I thought it was about the spirit. So I always struggled with that okay so and, and I've, I think i learned along the way that that's what people expected. You got to look, act, think in a certain way and if you don't, then you're fearful or out of control or anxious. Okay, so how do how do I accomplish this? And is that really the the concept that the spirit was inspiring in this fruit we've called self-control. Maybe you can understand why, for me, self-control always seemed somewhat counterintuitive. Resting in the mystery of Christ didn't seem to mesh with self-control or legalism or pure discipline. I needed a better understanding of how this particular fruit actually functioned, this fruit of the Spirit. So I went to the original Greek to better understand why they translated the original text as self-control. In doing so, I discovered a meaning that was not only deeper, that's not meant to sound prideful. It's just, to me, it felt like, oh, you know, the light bulb moment, you know? To me, it felt like uh, there was a meaning that was not only deeper, but it made more sense. So here's what I learned. Self-control, in the original Greek language, is derived from two, Greek words or two pieces of a word. Like we have uh, prepositions, they had prepositions. So there's this preposition that we would uh, uh, translate as in or en. Okay? So the prefix en was interpreted, is interpreted as inner. Okay? Not self, inside, in the heart. In the soul, in the spirit that 's what in was meant to relate was inner it also had a, a meaning of uh, of being in place or a fixed position okay, so we can get some scriptural uh, evidence from that as well be to stand firm, etc so I, when I saw this and when I found that as a, as a word that this particular preposition could, be, could mean, it, it started making more sense. It's combined with the word, uh, English translation if that's a thing, uh, is kratos, K-R-A-T-O-S. So in kratos, is the Greek word, and kratos means strength. So now you see where I got my title. Inner strength, not self-control. Okay, if you want to call it self-control, go ahead. For me, it's like that puts pressure on me. (laughs) It's like pressure that I don't need. It's not up to me. It's only up to me resting in Christ and letting the Holy Spirit work through me. So I think the way to enter and to rest in the mystery is not something we do cognitively. It's not something we do physically. It's something that we don't do at all. We just surrender to it because it's the Holy Spirit in us that takes us in to that place. So if you've been striving, trying to figure out how to do this, if this title from the beginning of this series has kind of been confusing to you, well, it sounds a little mystical, it is. The biggest mysterious thing about it is that you can't make it happen. There's nothing you can do, no goodness, no action, no anything other than entering in by the power of the Holy Spirit in you. So, here's a scripture that I think really helps us understand this Ephesians 6, verse 10. It's, it's a verse that we often reference in spiritual warfare, okay? It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. God knows we're going to do everything we can, but that is not what's going to get it done. So just stand. And after you've done everything, I kind of put the word else on there. (laughs) After you've done everything else, stand. Stand. Rest. Trust. And after you've done everything else, you think, stand. The fruit, this fruit of the Spirit is inner strength. That inner strength is from the Holy Spirit. It is what energizes us to rest in our relationship with Christ. Interesting, eh? We work so hard sometimes to get there. And the scripture is teaching us just let it happen. Just rest, trust, invite the Holy Spirit in so that through him you can enter in without the fuss. we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to enter into that rest in our relationship with Christ even though everything around us seems antagonistic, especially our flesh. But if we can just rest and find the inner strength of the Holy Spirit We don't even have to pretend. We don't have to strive. How many, are you into the idea of not having to strive? I I get, we get weary, don't we? I mean, I get weary when I'm striving. I don't like it. And I, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, exactly, Tim. Just rest. Now, that's not laziness I'm talking about. Uh, I'm not talking about giving up, maybe giving in, but certainly not giving up. Let me me share another really important quote from an author by the name of Dick Foth. He he wrote a book that did not make it into the uh, top or the bestseller list. It was called, When the Giant Lies Down. Now, there are a lot of ways that he talked about this idea, but I just loved it because it helped me know that what I need to do with my grandson, Jake, and my grandkids back in California is, I'm the giant, and it never fails. Every time I'm willing to lie down, (laughs) Jake, what do you do? You jump on me and bounce on my stomach, and it hurts. But he has become the conqueror of this giant. And I communicate something to him that we need to understand. And Dick Foth really, really goes into great depth. But I just want to use it this morning as I just take one phrase, one one paragraph maybe that he said. Here's what he said. It is worth noting that power expressed in gentle and controlled ways is often the mark of true leadership, is the basis, I'm sorry. To say it another way, self-control, listen how he says it, power turned inward. I found that after the inner strength thing, so that was like, yes! Self-control, power turned inward, is the basis for all quality relationships. And I could not agree more. It really felt like I struck gold when I read Mr. Foth's explanation. Self-control is power turned inward. His insight is that this inner strength is not about strength at all. (laughs) It's about the spirit. It's not about self-control in the classic sense. Listen to this. What I discovered is that this inner strength is about self-awareness, not self-control. We've been talking a lot about self-awareness here at Grace Crossing. Self-awareness is an element of emotional health. And here, I'm understanding God saying this inner strength is about going inward instead of everything being outward, everything being everybody else. Not making it about yourself, but understanding yourself. Big difference. I'm not talking about self-centeredness here. I'm not talking about being selfish, I'm not talking about being self-consumed or absorbed, I'm talking about awareness. What's going on? Are you so busy, so distracted that you don't even know what's going on in you, emotionally and otherwise? Inner strength fueled by the Holy Spirit affords us the power to look beyond ourselves and begin seeing the glorious mystery of Christ in all of creation. It's profound. We miss so many of these mysterious things, and they're there. It's not that they're invisible always, some of them perhaps, but it's not like they're all invisible. They're just mysterious, and so we say, "Ah, oh, you know, I don't have time for that, or whatever we might say. The Holy Spirit, with inner strength, helps us begin seeing these things. We We cannot see or enter the mystery if our focus is on ourselves. Okay, so please pick that up, the difference between focus on ourselves and self-awareness. It is not about me. It is about me understanding what God is doing in me so that I can see what he's doing out there. So it's the focus has to be on God and what God is doing in you, not just on you, all right? So let me try to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. Discovering how to enter and rest in the mystery, this mystery of the triune God that we serve, seems daunting. And and I get that, it's like, it is. and You will never discover it all. All the mysteries will not ever be revealed to you. But as you move deeper and deeper into this, you become more and more intimate and relational with your heavenly Father and this God that we serve, he wants you to know him. So where do you begin? Well, let me just give you some things that I feel was, were planted in my heart. First, simply start where you are. I hope that feels good. Nobody's saying today that you need to be a certain level of spiritual development or maturity. All all I'm saying is, okay, start where you are. Something I say all the time, figure it out. Take some time. Think about it. What does that look like? Do you want it? I mean, yeah, there's got to be a certain amount of initiative but it's not like you're gonna be able to create it, you just have to open up to it. Second thing, yeah, let me say this. Uh, when, like when I say start where you are, it's about determining to go deeper. And then I, 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 this just came to me just out of nowhere when I wasn't even in the prep stage. And I, and I felt like I was supposed to say this, Never judge someone for their level of entering the mystery. Simply inspire them by what you have discovered. Never judge, only inspire. Let me say it again. Never judge, only inspire. Second, begin learning inner strength by becoming a skilled pursuer of the mystery of God, catch this, embedded, stay with me here, okay, because this is not meant to take away from God at all as the the mystery, (laughs) all right? Become a skilled pursuer of the mystery of God embedded in your spouse and family extended and close. Doesn't, you don't have to be married to do that. But if you are married, you need to see the mystery of God in them. So how many of you would agree with me that your parents, siblings, spouse, and children are profoundly mysterious? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, we all are because we are created in the image of God who is profoundly mysterious. And yet we get frustrated and angry about the mystery that's in them instead of understanding it, entering into it. Okay, now please hear me on this. This is not a replacement for entering into the mystery of God. It is a way to learn how it feels and what it looks like to do so. I just have discovered for me and with other people that when we can learn in that environment that God created for us, that, that garden, so to speak, then we can enter into the bigger picture of intimacy and relationship with God. So, if you aren't sure what it looks like to enter the mystery of God, then begin to be intrigued by the mystery of your family. Your spouse, if you're married, primarily, your kids, perhaps secondarily. And if you're not married, it's family, extended family, and close confidants. Enter the mystery. I once heard Larry Crabb at a teaching conference say something I think is in keeping with what I'm talking about this morning. He said, God is into making our lives, work. I'm sorry, God is not really into making our lives work really well. He is in to making us relate really well. I kind of fumbled that, let me say it again. God is not into making our lives work really well, he is into making us relate really well. I mean, to me, that's a paradigm shift. That changes everything. That changes priorities. That changes values. That changes direction. It changes how you spend your time, et cetera, et cetera. When that's the goal that you see the mystery of God doing in you is to make you relate better to others and to him, well, then that, that, that takes a whole change of thinking. So entering the, into the mystery is learning to relate to the invisible God and his visible creation around you. Primarily, but not limited to the people closest to you. Mystery then invades every dimension of our lives including our knowledge of ourselves and our world. There, there's a lot happening in our world. How does the mystery of God inform you about what's happening right now? Are you even aware of things that God may have said that, that, that are in this place that you can't get to unless the Holy Spirit inspires you? Uh, yes, that's a real thing, just by the way. That's a scriptural fact. That there are people, I don't understand this, it's part of the mystery. That there are people, the Bible says, that God didn't let them see the glory of God. They did not see it. And then others, obvious. I don't get it. I'm not trying to preach that or, or or teach that. It's just it's part of the mystery. So, if you want to know, you've got to want the Holy Spirit, not the information, because it's the Holy Spirit that's going to show you the truth. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, guides us into all truth. Well, in this world, truth is a mystery, <laughs> and we've got to have. God, show us. So, mystery is at the heart of our relationships with others. If we ever get to the point where we say of someone that I know them inside and out, we can be sure that we fail to appreciate the depth, beauty, pain, and reality of who that person is truly is i I, in our marriage conference years ago and i still say it today but i started saying it probably 20 years ago i said that i wanted to get a phd in ljb linda jane buttry some i think i just understood a little tiny snippet of this concept that I will never get to know all of her, but I'm going to try. (laughs) And as I understand that, then I'm opened up to understanding how God made her, how God works in her, how God works with people, how God works in me, how God works through her in me. It's all quite mysterious. When you start looking for that mystery, it's actually kind of fun. I mean, it is fun because you begin to understand and see and feel and think things that you never did before because of God's inspiration. So, what benefits come from the inner strength of the Holy Spirit? I'll close with these thoughts. Inner strength, let's start with what it's not. Okay, that always helps me. That's just kind of the way my brain works, okay? What isn't? What, what, what shouldn't I do so that I can do what I need to do? Help me to know that. So what, what is it not? Inner strength is not fleshly piety or righteousness, or I should say self-righteousness. It's not fleshly piety. It's not me looking like I've got it all figured out and talking like I have everything down pat and then behind closed doors, I'm a mean, ugly man. That's not Okay. Obviously, but it's a reality for some. Romans 3.20 says, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. So you cannot keep the letter of the law, but by the Holy Spirit, you can live the, the, uh, the, the spirit of the law. And the Holy Spirit in you will show these things to you and you can change How many of you believe, this is an honest question, how many of you believe that people can change? I mean, I'm raising my hand. How many? Put it up a little higher. I just really, I would like to see. Good, because you're right. In my opinion, anyway. (laughs) People can change. But it's not by the flesh. It's not by determination and grit. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that changes the way we think, the way we understand, the way we see. And I I think that's the the most powerful way that we can change. It's also not flawless performance or or self-discipline. So it's not self-righteousness and it's not self-discipline. Galatians 3.11 says, so it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So this has a lot to do with just salvation. I recently asked a a person in counseling, I asked him what I learned as the diagnostic question. If you were to die today and you were to stand before God, and he were to ask you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? It's a good question to ask yourself today. And I could just tell you up front that if you say something like, well, because I've tried to be good my whole life, or because I go to church, or anything like that, e-, uh, that, won't, that won't get it. It never has. It never will because it's only through the precious blood of Jesus shed on the cross that cleanses you of your sin and allows you to enter in to the mystery of God. Those ideas, uh, piety, righteousness, flawless performance, those were all common to Pharisees of old and religious zealots throughout the centuries actually. Almost every religion and sect in the world have its rules. Many relatively rigid and austere. Hundreds of millions of zealots engage in self-discipline because the requirements of their particular religion demand it. I'll never forget seeing on Discovery Channel, I believe it was, about religions around the world that there were people that crawled on their hands and knees until they were bloody, pulpy pieces of flesh, bleeding, hurting, and they did that because their God required it. Yeah, yeah. That ain't gonna get it. That just gives you a headache and sore knees. Doesn't get you closer to God. So what is inner strength? Inner strength is becoming emotionally healthy. I know that sounds like, oh yeah, well, you're just saying that because that's what we've been talking about. Nope, actually, I'm not. I'm actually convinced that that is one of the things that's involved in this inner strength. We see an excellent example of self-control implied in Proverbs 25. It says, like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks inner strength. Like a man, like a city whose walls are broken down is a man, is a person who lacks inner strength. This person lacks that inner strength to think before he speaks, to process his emotions instead of spewing his passionate outbursts. You know, as a marriage counselor, I get so sad when I hear of people having these passionate outbursts that they justify as their frustration, it's, it's hurting everybody around you. So it ain't working. So let's, let's find another way here, you know? So emotional health is necessary for everything in life, including our relationship with God. You can't enter into the mystery. I know this is a, probably a too broad of a statement, but I'll say it. You can't enter into the mystery of God if you are emotionally unhealthy and you are angry and you are unsettled and you are frustrated. You can't rest if that's what's happening. Am I right? Proverbs 18.32 says, better a patient man than a warrior, a man who controls his temper than one who takes on a city. So, emotional health. I'm not gonna go into any more depth there. We've taught about this. You understand what the phrase means, but I'm telling you that entering into the mystery involves you being emotionally healthy. Secondly, it involves commitment. Okay, what I mean by that is obedience. Now, that's a, that's a, a choice of the heart. Um, I like calling a commitment a long obedience in the same direction, okay? Um, you know, this, this kind of stuff, you know, that's, that's kind of painful. <laughs> but a long obedience in the same direction, that, that's powerful. Um, Joshua said it like this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Jesus, of Jesus, the Messiah, in Isaiah, it was said that he made this statement. I will set my face like a flint. That means I am going to be hard, fast, direct. I am not turning my gaze away. I am going on the long obedience. So it says, uh, I will set my face like a flint. I know I will not be put to shame. That's um, prophetically said of Jesus by the prophet Isaiah. So, Third is obedience. Romans 8.5 says, those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Okay, so you can see how you need inner strength to be able to manage this so that this can do the right thing. I hope that makes sense. Because often we get, we get off track. We, we get confused. We, we overthink it when all we need to do is to say, God, I, I can't do this. And if you don't help me, if your spirit in me does not show me the way, I am toast. And I think we need to get to that place more often. The f- final piece of inner strength is getting wisdom, understanding, and revelation. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You know what, I always thought about that verse as heaven. Okay, that's not here and now. I I can't get any of that. Here, it's got to wait. Got to be patient. Got to stay in because I want to get the prize. (laughs) You know what? I've become very convinced that this is about the here and now. But it doesn't happen because we do it. It happens because we let it be done. No mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. See, that prepare is in advance. It's not after the fact. He's like saying, okay, folks, I've got all this stuff ready for you. Uh, Don't you want it? Uh, Are you interested? Are you hungry? Are you looking for more from me? God has prepared it, I believe, in advance for all of us. Are we entering in? Are we sitting at the table? God revealed these things by the Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Wow, wow that is available to us. <laughs> I mean, if, if somebody went on the internet and said that there is something hidden in some hillside covered up with leaves or something, people would be going crazy to find it. You know, they, there's been those things that have happened over the years, you know, where you have to use GPS and find. God is saying, hey, it's my spirit that searches out all this stuff and shows you the deep secrets of God. Are you interested? The essential evidence of the Holy Spirit in our hearts is that we care to follow Christ and be pleasing to him, even though the flesh often finds it challenging. Once again, the evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit within us is not flawless performance, but ceaseless caring about Christ that incessant desire to have him within you providing the inner strength you need to take even one more step. Stop doing it on your own. He will empower you. He will give you inner strength to do what is good and right. Not because you do it here, but because it comes from here. I could go so many places with that, but I won't. You would not be here today except for the inner desire to identify with Christ and please him. You would not be watching on the internet if you didn't have that desire. I mean... Why would you? The desire certainly not born of the flesh, but the spirit. A desire not nurtured by fleshly self-control, but the power of the Holy Spirit within you. Is the Holy Spirit in you? How does one know that? Well, there's a lot more to that question than I can give today. But if you don't know that for a fact, if you're not sure, I'll tell you this, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have proclaimed him Lord of your life, if you have invited him in, then you have the Holy Spirit in you. But there is so much more he wants to do that my guess is most of us have never tapped into. So my challenge, my encouragement, my inspiration to you today is go deeper. Enter the mystery of God and those around you.
0: Well, that was a really rich teaching that we had today. Can we just express our appreciation to Tim for leading us there to a deep place? I just love what he reminded us of that the pressure to rest isn't on us. You know, when, when Tim used the word striving, there's something that I felt in me that made me feel tired because I know how I strive. I know my tendency to strive. And so, as we close this morning, what I'd like you to ponder as we prepare to pray and just before we dismiss is I'd like you just to ponder momentarily where are you striving to fix something? He asked a really important question. Do we believe that we can change, that people can change? The answer, no doubt, is a resounding yes, but you can't change you. And I can't change me. And I can't change you. And you can't change me, but the Holy Spirit can. If we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, then the outflow of that is what? That things change in a way that isn't about our self-work and righteousness, but it is about God. So where are you trying to fix things? Where are you striving? Are you striving to fix yourself? Are you striving to fix your marriage? Are you striving to fix your kids? Because they're just not living up to your ways. Are you striving to fix your, your, your situation and relationships that you wish were different? How about just trusting God with it? Now you'll you'll have to cooperate with him which means there'll be things that he'll ask of you. But how about just resting in the fact that we can trust him? So would you bow your head and would you ponder just a moment even as I share where am where are you striving? What rose to the surface in you as you thought about this? What are you trying to fix? What are you trying to change? What do you wish was different right now? And you're, you're spending a lot of energy thinking about how you're going to do it. <laughs> Trusting God is offering to God all of the anxiety that comes with striving. Hold that, if you will, just a few moments, brief moments, and then I want to offer a prayer for us. Invite God into that. Invite his spirit who lives within you to find expression of rest through you. Would you stand please with me? Our bodies speak to us. And I can always tell when I'm not at rest. My heart beats a little faster. My blood pressure goes up a little bit. I can feel internally what's happening in me. That's because our bodies have been created to tell us stories that we gotta pay attention to. Whatever you're feeling today, just rest. Take a couple of deep breaths right now. All is well and all will be well in God even as our hearts feel anxious. I speak and pray your peace, Lord God, over every one of our hearts today, both those that are here physically and those that are here with us digitally. I pray that as our minds are stayed upon you, at rest in you, and we will feel the freedom, internal freedom that comes with that. Deliver us, God, from striving. Deliver our hearts from trying to fix things, fix situations, fix people, fix ourselves. There are things I'll never be able to change, and there are people I'll never be able to change, but I can love them And I can be a representation of Jesus to them. And that creates, I believe, a bridge that one day, God, you can walk across into their lives. You said, let not our hearts be troubled and anxious because you have overcome this world that we will have trouble in this world, but be of good cheer, take heart, So we follow, Lord, today, the wisdom given us by Paul the Apostle. We choose, Lord, to be anxious about nothing through your Spirit that helps us. And we choose instead to pray about everything, to offer it to you. And that when we do that, you said the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard our hearts in Christ Jesus guard what we can guard, God, by your spirit. Guard the treasure, those things that our eyes cannot see, that our ears have not heard, that our minds have not yet been able to fully perceive. Thank you that your spirit has revealed these things to us, but it only comes as we rest in you and we rest in the mystery. So help us to do that this day as we take this worship experience into our lives and into our steps into the world, that they will see God in us, that the world will know that we have been with Jesus, that something is different about us. That is our way of testifying to the mystery of God. Release us now in your presence. Hold us in your love, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. God bless all of you. Go in the peace of the Lord. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.